0: Hello and welcome to the Empowered Women's Project podcast, a community and podcast made for women by women to help you live your best life and help you reconnect you back to the things that really matter. Today, we are joined by a special guest and a dear friend of mine, Lauren Kerr, who has authored the book, Life Above Zero. So we talk all things mindset and how to create an incredible life on your terms. So let's jump in. Hey, everyone. Well, today I am super excited to be here with the beautiful Lauren Kerr. I love her and call her lozzy. She's my Lozzie. And we've known each other for just on five years now. Um, but watching her journey as a young woman, an entrepreneur, now an author of an incredible book, Life Above Zero, um, I feel there's so many different lessons that we can take from your journey and your story so far, Lauren. So thank you so much for joining us. I'm so excited to be here. Chats with Katie. Yay, we're doing it. So I would love you to, just so that the audience gets to know you a little bit better, let's go way back to, I guess, childhood, what life was like growing up for you. Uh, And then, you know, I'd love you to share a little bit about your journey over the last few years as well. For sure. How far do we go? <laughs>
1: um, so I grew up in a country town called aubrey Wodonga, which people think is small, but it's not actually that small. But um, I think I was really fortunate that early on, I I realised what I enjoyed, and for me, I really did enjoy personal development. Mum would take me to the library, and I think in like year eight and year nine, I'd be in the personal development section and reading books and stuff. So I think I was lucky that I I knew early on that I really enjoyed psychology. So I think a lot of people in my generation, when they do like year twelve, a lot of us feel pressured to just kind of do that next thing and especially in the western world but like we should just go to university because that's what we're told we should do so a lot of people just pick a course um, rather than thinking about is this what I actually want to do or is it I actually enjoy um, I think I was one of the lucky ones who knew that I wanted to do psychology um, so I After year 12, I applied for a scholarship up on the Gold Coast at Griffith University, and um, I got a scholarship to come and study psychology up here. Um, And I was the first person in my family to go to university, and I think a big thing for me, and I'll probably talk about this later, but you always hear people say their voids lead to values, and I'm very lucky to have a very open and honest relationship with my mum, and I think I had that from very early on where I knew – I knew the importance of women having their own money and the importance of women having their own career. Um, and so I did have a high school boyfriend back then and I thought it was kind of just encouraged or just accepted that I would do what he did. And so we'd go to Canberra and I didn't like Canberra, I liked the Gold Coast, I wanted sunshine. So it was a big thing. Like I think just just that decision alone was a big thing for me to pick up and leave just 18 hours away from friends, family, a four-year boyfriend, which doesn't seem like a big deal at the time. When you're 18, it's everything.
0: No, that's a big deal. Absolutely.
1: Um, But I just knew from really early on, I wanted to kind of have my own path. I wanted to have a career that I was passionate about. I wanted to have something that would give me my own money um, and not ever have to, not that it was an issue with relying on a man, but I never wanted to be in a position where I had to ask permission or make sacrifice. I know relationships are about making like compromising, but um, early on, I wanted to be selfish. So moved to the Gold Coast, did my degree really enjoyed it. Didn't know what I wanted to do with it. I tossed up lots of ideas like, oh, I want to be like one of these people who write the columns in Clio about sex and gender psychology. <laughs> um, so I did sex and gender and that stuff. I did, went to Hawaii and studied over there and did some sex and gender psychology over there. Um, but I just knew for me, I wanted a job that was emotionally rewarding. Like I wanted something that would tug on the heartstrings. I wanted something that made me feel like I was making a difference. Um, And so somehow I naturally fell into working in child protection. I applied for a graduate job after um, I wrote my honours and my thesis, um, thinking that that might be it. And I really did enjoy it for the first 12 months. Um, I was lucky I came into the government in a really interesting time. They were implementing a new framework with working with families, which is based in positive psychology, which is something that. I got a taste for when I was doing my psych degree, but it's, it's still a pretty new realm in Australia. It's big over in Europe and there was no master's in positive psychology four years ago. I think there is now that offered in Melbourne. Um, but yeah, I got to experiment with like a strength-based practice and just a, a different way of working and building rapport with clients. So I really enjoyed the framework that I was working within. Um, but within 12 months, I kind of just realized it's not what I wanted to do. For the rest of my life, and just it's just little things. I think working backwards, I had a vision of what I wanted to experience when I'm eventually a mum. I want abundance. I want freedom. I want choices. I want white space. And just working in corporate, it was a nine to six. Um, There's an hour each way in a commute. Um, it's a very emotionally testing job, where not just it's not just the scope of the work that you're dealing with, but just it's really. St- Really being bound by red tape and wanting to make more of a difference than you actually can and only being able to do so much working in a system and then finishing at five or six and then expecting just to be able to clock off and just transition back into your normal life there's a big discrepancy between what you're seeing, what you're personally experiencing. Um, so I think I just realized for a lot of different reasons. Emotionally, I was on the verge of burnout. I was really struggling keeping work at work. And just physically, I just knew like it just wasn't the lifestyle I wanted to lead. If I, and I, if I knew that, I just didn't see what, why I should spend more time doing something that wasn't actually going to lead me to the lifestyle and the impact I wanted to have. So um, that's kind of
0: where I pivoted. Can I ask you, you know, I think I know when I was going through high school and then I had a lot of friends go to uni and I had no idea, like there was no clear, yeah, this is what I want to be when I grow up. So, you know, I, I took different opportunities as they arose. But when someone commits to a degree in particular, and then you step into a you know a role or a you know a job of some sort. It takes a lot of courage to then realize. Hang on, this wasn't what I signed up for. So what you know, if there's someone listening right now that's in a position where they're you know they're not loving what they are doing, maybe there is a degree in hex debt behind them and whatever that might look like. what's some tips or some words of advice that you can give them to actually? start to come to a position where they do actually make the change and have that courage to, to step into their passion versus what they think they should be doing?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of (laughs) self-reflection, it's a lot of conversations with yourself. And sometimes it's good to have a couple of people you can actually just hold that can hold space for you. So you can kind of tease it out because I honestly believe passions can be divided into two categories. You can, um, pursue a passion and maybe it creates an income for you or you create an income so you can pursue a passion so for a lot of us sometimes what we love and what we enjoy maybe you can't monetize it so maybe you do need to be in a job where you do a job and it might not be what you love but it, it allows you to do what you love um so I think for me I really teased out what do I enjoy and I encourage anyone in a similar position just to work out especially if you're young like, I, we've got so, I think that's what got kept getting me. Like, I've got so many years ahead of me. Like, if I'm only in my 20s and I'm not supposed to retire until I'm at my 60s, that's 40 years of 50 hour weeks doing something that you're not passionate about. um So, I understand that money's a real thing too. Like, you need money to pay your bills. So, maybe it might be a matter of working out. Do I have to stay in this position right now to create an income? Well, I maybe can pursue a passion on the side to work out what is it you do enjoy? Is it exploring a little bit more? Is it discovering a little bit more? Is it Trying new hobbies? Is it um, just doing some research? And I think once you find what you enjoy, work out. Is it, can you monetize it? Maybe can you create a side hustle and build it up and do that as a way to, tr- to transform that? And if you're not enjoying what you're doing, like what would you, not only what would you like to do, but why are you doing it in the first place? Is it because society expected you to do it? it is it because you're living out maybe your mum and dad's? dreams. Um, yeah. Cause I think for a lot of it, there's a lot of guilt for me. I think I could have left child safety a lot earlier than I did, but for me, there was this guilt around if I left, I was letting people down mm. or I was, um, yeah, I was turning my back on kids that really needed it. Um, and especially for me, when I pursued um, network marketing, which is a vehicle that came to me in a really awesome time, um, uh, me making that transition was even more complicated because there was this There was this stigma around network marketing at the time, which was like, why did you study four years and have a hex debt and give up a job that had security and maternity leave and all this stuff to go pursue network marketing? So there was a lot of like, not the support that I was looking for as well when I made that transition, but I kept coming back to what's important to me. What do I enjoy? What's a bigger vision? What's a long-term vision? And how do I get there? And I knew the vehicle that I was using, working in a nine to five, working in government, I was always going to be trading my time for money. I don't see how I was ever, if I wasn't fulfilled and inspired and excited after 12 months, I didn't see that changing over another 40 years. So just coming back to like, your life is your responsibility and are you enjoying what you're doing? Mm simple as that really might not be as hard as that to implement but that's how the decision making's got to be
0: yeah no i love that you mentioned before you know having a real drive to be independent not that you obviously you you got married last year to to your beautiful husband dan and i you know that's that's really important to you but but also from a young age having that sense of really wanting to create your own independence where you know you had that income where do you think that drive came from for you
1: yeah, I'm happy to get really raw about it because I think it is it is just, like I said, my mum's been very open with me from a young age about the sacrifices she had to make. And it's not just my mum, I think it's a generation thing. I think it's a lot of women were expected to be the homemakers. I think we're very lucky to be women in this generation. We've got more choices and it's more acceptable for us to pursue careers and have incomes of our own. But there's a lot of things my mum wished she had done. Mm. Um, but then even more than that, I saw my mum's two sisters and this is like this is just a story and I'm sure it's a story that many know very well and it's it's not rare who um, didn't go to uni, which most people in that generation didn't. So they were they didn't really have any qualifications. So they're in their fifties now working casual retail jobs because then there's like and big companies they don't have qualifications to get a very well paying job and why employ someone who's 50 when they can employ someone who's 16 and pay half the wage. Mm. So there's these women in their fifties who don't have any qualifications, who unfortunately their marriage didn't work out well, which is one in two marriages these days. So they're in their fifties. They don't have a partner supporting them. They've they've had two kids because they're always in and out of work with kids. Um, They don't have super. Um, They also never got the money behind them to buy a house. So in their fifties, they're renting if they get laid off, they can't pay their rent. They've got no super and they've got no husband to support them. And the sacrifice I've seen them made, and it really came to head for me when my nan um, passed away a few years ago. And it's that really awkward situation where you're like, you don't know that death doesn't happen in your watch. And it, I was lucky that I'd created a residual income at that point where I could be home for as long as I wanted. But they're in a situation where they want to be by their mum's bed to see her pass away. But it wasn't as simple as that because if they didn't go to their job, because they were just didn't have it. They weren't a full time employee with benefits. Then they didn't grow their job. They didn't get paid that week, and they couldn't pay their rent. And so they're out in the street. So it was like, do I not pay rent this week, or do I sit by my mum's side for another week or two until she passes away? And that's I just remember like I've seen that play out for the last twenty years of my life. And it's just like I don't ever want to be in that position. You don't go into a marriage thinking it's going to end, but one in two, one in two do. So I want to make sure I'm in a relationship because I'm happy. I'm in a relationship because I want to be there, not because I need to be there. And I want to have options. And I think that even that passion and that drive even got deepened working in child protection because I saw how big domestic violence was and how many women stay in domestic violent relationships because of money, because they don't have a plan B, because they don't have security, because they don't have residual income. And it just, it's, it just plays so much into all of that. And I think, like I said, your voids end up being a biggest value. So now we have a movement called Babes in Business, which is all about empowering women with financial literacy, but also residual income streams. So you have choices, you have security. So at the end of the day, money is women's freedom. It's not just about how much money you make. It's like, okay, well, I've got something that if I need to get out of this situation, I've got money there to do that. I don't have to try and steal money from my husband's account or he doesn't have to know about it. Like,
0: That's, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. And I think a couple of things you just touched on, um, you know, money for some people, it's a really uncomfortable topic of conversation because it wasn't spoken about growing up or I know for me growing up, I saw certain families that were quite um wealthy and some of them were beautiful and humble and just you wouldn't even know and then there was others that was very very different and were very flashy and so you know you make up stories in your in your mind around that and i think money's a magnifier and so having more of it doesn't mean that you're a good or a bad person you get to do good if that's kind of your intent and it's interesting i know for myself and my journey um when you know i've got three kids and as I was home with the children, even though we, we had our own traditional businesses and I was working, you know, in them from home, that sense of a lack of worth because I wasn't bringing X amount of dollars in each week. And I, you know, I speak to a lot of women like that where they feel they have to ask permission to, can I go get my hair done or can I go buy this for my girlfriend for her birthday or whatever it might be, as simple and small and insignificant but there is that lack of value that all of a sudden we start to feel. And it's so important to have a healthy relationship with money and like, is it have a plan so that's not, not because there's going to be a disaster, but you know, for some people, you know, there's, there's death, there's disease, there's divorce, and there's some kind of disaster that can kind of hit us or our immediate family, like you mentioned about your nan and, and seeing your aunties in that position. So I think it just makes sense to have that in your mind and, and have a plan towards that that empowerment so I love that you touched on that
1: yeah and I think it's important that because it's not really things you talk about or think about till you're in that situation like you said you don't go into a divorce like marriage expecting a divorce and a lot of women don't really talk about the importance of money or super or investing until they're in their 50s and they're starting to think about it but to make the difference, you need to start having the awareness and the education in your 20s. Yeah. So I think that's what I'm even more passionate about is educating women now so you can dig your well before you're thirsty. Like you can have that money accumulating. You have an education. You've got that plan B um, there when you need it because you don't want it when you need it. Sometimes it's too late. Absolutely.
0: So tell me, um, tell me more about life above zero. I want to hear about that. What does that mean to you? and uh yeah and i want you to share more i know you're sneezing um and i want you to share more about kind of how your book came about and where your real passion's like for sure so like i said before when i was studying psych
1: i loved this positive psychology realm i was learning about it um and it's just like it flipped the traditional model of psychology on its head so usually when you think about psychology a lot of people think about mental health um things needing to be wrong you're engaging with a psychologist psychologist or as counselor because of trauma or getting a mental health plan because something's just not right when positive psychology is like instead of going to a psychologist and asking what's wrong it's about like what's right what do you want to leverage off what do you want to maximize like rather than being like a baseline and you engage with help because you're below zero you need to get back to normality or for me that for me that kind of seems like mediocrity like why not invest in yourself and read books or get help and surround yourself with the right people to not just get back to zero but life above zero like abundance soaring thriving nourishing so I really love that idea, and I think that's also why I pivoted in child protection because a lot of that's what child protection is it's 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 crisis based it's engaging with services at that end of the scale when I wanted to have a bit more education and love and light towards the preventative end where Cause that's where the change is made. If you can educate people about self-worth, if you can educate people about how to regulate their emotions earlier on, if you can educate people how to be kind. Um, I think we wouldn't find ourselves in the situations that we do later on in life. So um, that really called to me. I didn't know what that would look like, but I kept honoring this tug in my gut every time an opportunity came up to just explore it and see if it feels good and so for me, I ended up getting, um, studying life coaching when I was working in child protection. And so I started doing life coaching on the side and I started a blog, educating people about positive psychology and sex and gender psychology, which is something I just have an interest in. And, um, yeah, from, I just made it my personal mission just to live my own life above zero. I wanted to be my message and my, and live my mission. So in, People see me thriving and soaring. I'm not just settling for a relationship. I'm not going to settle for a nine to five. I'm not going to settle just for, I wanted like an above average life. Like I wanted to people look at me and be inspired by like, oh, if she can do it, anyone can do it. Like she did, she made it herself. She did that herself. Um, But share tips and tricks on the mindset hacks and how to navigate your psychology in order to get there. So that's just what I'm passionate about and kind of what that ended up looking like was, yeah, coaching. I did some coaching at the start, then a blog. And then I stumbled across Tribe of Women, um, Shani, which is how I met. Obviously, Kate, we have a holistic health program together where we get to educate women around different aspects of holistic health. So that really played into the mission as well. Um, but I kept coming back to like, why did I study psychology? Like it's been something that's really helped me in my life. And it's something I get to help women within their coaching. And I don't want to be a clinical psychologist. There's this thing that keeps being in my head, like you should go back and do your master's because there's lots of research I want to do. But there's just so much I learned that I wanted to teach people and a great coach actually doesn't teach. So when I was coaching women, whether it's in business or in our programs um, you really just are there to hold space and ask great questions. And I was like, I, but I know how to fix your problems. I know, I know it, but you can't say it because like, the coach doesn't do that. So um, yeah, this, I was in Vegas and this kind of download happened. It was totally not related, but I just remember that's where I was when it happened. And I just had this idea of this book of, everything I learned, it just kind of came to me, the 17 chapters, um, the research behind it, the studies I would refer to. And that way it could be a resource when people are ready ready for it. And if they're willing and wanting to educate themselves, they can learn how to live their life above zero. They can learn how to empower themselves with their education and knowledge to navigate their own psychology and ultimately their
0: happiness as well. I love that because, you know, we can't often, I know even I guess when I was younger, it was really easy to look at external people forces to dictate my level of happiness it could be when i have this much money in my bank account then i'll be happy or when i have that partner then i'll be happy or when i lose that 10 kilos then i'll be happy and so it's really easy to look outwardly and so you're giving people an opportunity to look inward and and build the, the mindset and the skills to be able to serve them for life
1: yeah. It's and awesome. just understand, understanding your psychology. Cause a lot of people don't realize like people think they're broken because they're not happy all the time or their happiness is short lived or then comparing their lives to other people's highlight reels. But unless you've, unless you've done a lot of personal development yourself, which most people don't have. And that's why kids grow up with these poor emotional regulation strategies is your brain is hardwired in a certain way to keep you safe. So it's not going to want you stepping out of your comfort zone It's always wanting you to compare yourself to make sure you're fitting in with the tribe Um, and understanding that happiness is a feeling. It comes and goes. It's like you're going to achieve something. Once you have the house or you create a certain amount of money, you have a marriage, you're going to be happy. It's just like hunger. It comes and goes. I think if people understand happiness a little bit more. We wouldn't have the mental health epidemic that we have because so many people in the pursuit of something that doesn't actually exist.
0: I I heard this quote and I love it. It's you're either achieving to be happy or happily achieving. I think a lot of people think when they get that thing that that, that's when life changes and there's this magical like, oh, (laughs) it doesn't work that way. And then that's when people hit kind of, you know, the new slump. So I'd love to know what are some beliefs or you mentioned mindset hacks before. What are some beliefs that you've had that have really served you through life so far that have got you through some tough times? Ah, so much.
1: That there's a whole chapter in my book of different cognitive biases, and I think they've really served me growing up understanding the cognitive biases that we have. Because so often we're so quick to put ourselves on a pedestal and other people in a pit, whether it's unconsciously or consciously. Um, but understanding those have really helped serve me just to come back to a place of love and compassion when I'm, I'm being hurt by someone, when someone says something nasty, when I see something nasty happening not to judge people. I think this is what really served me in child protection as well. I don't believe there's good and bad people. I just feel, I honestly believe people are doing the best that they can with what they've got. Mm. And that helps, that serves me in relationships. Um, so that's one thing that's really helped me. Another belief I have is that like I've got my, one of my favorite quotes, I like, can't remember off the top of my head, but it's just how important attitude is Um like you can't, good, I don't believe in the world isn't a just place. It isn't a fair place. Bad shit happens to good people every single day. But the one thing you have control over is how you respond. So every day just being, be like, all right, well, that was shit, but can I ask myself some better questions or how can I change my state so I can, I can enjoy today? Because no matter what your external circumstances are, no matter what, how much money you have, what's going on in work, if you have a job, if you don't have a job, every day you can still find happiness and it's found in the smaller things. So understanding what, what brings you joy Mm
0: -hmm. and also
1: being really aware that your response, your happiness is your responsibility. So every day just trying to be kind, not judging people, not putting yourself on your pedestal and other people in a pit, giving people the benefit of the doubt and just enjoying life. At the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. And it's in the small things like we're all going to die. We don't know when we don't know how, um, and when you do, it's not going to matter how much money you've got. It's like, how much, like how much fun did you have? Or what was the impact that you left behind? Or how will people remember you? Um, so you can find that joy in a cup of tea on your couch with your dog or cuddling a kid. Like at the end of the day, I honestly believe it's the small things that matter. And so many of us are missing the small things in pursuit of the bigger things.
0: And, and often you're not being present in the moment, right? We're thinking where we might be with our, you know, loved one, but we're thinking about what we're doing tomorrow, what we have to do later instead of just taking each one, each moment at a time.
1: And realizing that a lot of us are just chasing feelings. I think that was a big thing that served me younger, like earlier on too, is like, why do you think, why do you want that house? Or why do you want that job? Or like think about the feeling that you want and realize at the end of that, you're all just chasing feelings. And those feelings can be accessible to you today. So what can you do today to bring about that feeling now? Um, so just realizing that and that just kind of helps ground you when you're anxious, when you're overwhelmed, when you're comparing, when you think you're not where you should be, when you think that you're not enough, just being like, well, where am I going? Why do I want to get there? And what can I do today to bring about that joy or that gratitude or
0: That's that awful. feeling of
1: yeah. Connectedness.
0: I just had a memory of mine. I, I had this goal that I wanted to reach in business and was like really working hard towards it. And I was like, oh my gosh, when this happens, like life is going to change. It's going to be amazing. And it happened and I was so stoked. And the, I, I pictured, I don't know what I pictured, fireworks, maybe <laughs> champagne, poppy. I don't know what it was. My reality of finding out I'd, you know, reached that goal. And then 30 minutes later, I was in the bathroom combing head lice out of my kid's hair, just going, oh, this is not this is not how I saw it. And I remember feeling like really down and low, but that's because I made it up to be this thing of when this happens, then I'll feel. And it's just, it couldn't be farther from the tree. So I, I love what you just said. And I think, you know, we all are probably guilty of that at times if we're fast forwarding life ahead a little bit, or we're not taking that moment and being great grateful and present in, you know, in the moments that we have. Um, I'd love to know maybe what are some of the things that you make a part of your daily routine just to keep you grounded? Uh, Cause it, you know, when you clearly really goal orientated and you've got a big vision, but how do you bring things back to simple things that you can kind of keep, that keep you in check with what's important for your goals and, and your values?
1: Yeah, for sure. I think um, for me, and if anyone's interested in doing this, I've got a free happiness quiz on my website, which helps you identify what brings you joy because what I'm about to share is going to be different for you as well. So I think every day it's about prioritizing things that make you feel grounded and make you feel grateful and make you feel expansive or whatever that feeling might be for you. And so for me, upon self reflection, oh my gosh I just got a little puppy and she's about to knock over some flowers <laughs> um <laughs> she, like, watching her um you can get her I'm, like, I'm gonna it? have to poise it she's about to knock this over <laughs>
0: uh, I love it uh puppies definitely bring joy know Lozzie only got her I think maybe a week ago so she <laughs> She is absolutely gorgeous. Oh, hey. She's a week
1: today. Oh, my God. She's so naughty. She's so naughty. Um, Yeah, so for me, I think, um, like, just having that awareness, I know what grounds me is running, like, getting outdoors and running, sunshine, nature, um, yoga, music, meditation, meditation. Riding. So for me, what I try to do, no matter how full my day is, obviously not every day is perfect and doesn't always happen. But every morning, I really try to get out and move, just because I know for me that's what makes me feel good. So a run on the beach is ideal with some music in my ears. Um, afterwards, doing a meditation. I'm not very good at meditating for a long time. I think 15 minutes is my max. But
0: yeah, I think I've got that problem too.
1: <laughs> yeah, a guided meditation, but just somewhere that just like. Cause I am, like you said, I'm very future, I'm very goal orientated. So I, I need to practice in grounding myself to the now and today. So meditation really helps me do that. Um, but it just starts my day really well, running, moving, meditating, having my day, and but trying to break it up throughout the day. So it might be a call to my mum and dad, like that fills up my heart, um, putting some music on, dancing around the house. And then at night I try to read or journal and I've just noticed it's just little things, but i They make a big difference to the energy of my day, my peace of mind, just feeling like you're not always in a hurry. It just helps. It just really helps ground me. So that's what I have found works for me and brings me joy.
0: And it's good because. So where can we find out about um, the the quiz that you just mentioned? Yeah, just go on my website. So www.lifeabovezero.com.au,
1: and you'll see up the top. This is a free happiness quiz. So. Um, I encourage you if you want to do it, give yourself 30 minutes because it's an in-depth one. It's not only gonna help you find out what brings you joy and what's your personalized formula for success and fulfillment, but it's also gonna show you where there's a discrepancy in your life right now and maybe why you're not feeling as inspired or as ecstatic or as fulfilled as you'd like to be, because maybe unconsciously or consciously you've forgotten about your values. I know a lot of mums find themselves in that situation. So like, I know I was happy like 10 years ago, but now I forget what I am other than being a mum. So I'm just, yeah, helping you maybe rediscover that and showing you, it gets you at the end to prompt just a little goal for each of those values as well, because it's awesome to have awareness on it, but if you're not going to start changing things and implementing certain things, you're not going to experience or feel any different either.
0: So true. And I think so many people can tell you a list of all the things they don't want, like I can tell you when, when you started saying about how you like running, I'm like, "Mm, hell no, I'm not, that is not me at all. So I, you know, I know for me, when I started learning about all of this as well, I had a whole list of, I don't want this. I don't, I just, I don't know what my life I want it to be, but I, I know what it doesn't look like. And it's so different to then be focused on what you're wanting to attract and create. It's, it's a conscious thought that you're needing to do because so many people are wired where they're just constantly thinking about what they don't want.
1: Yeah and that's why I wanted to create that that resource because it's in relationships too it happens all the time people can easily tell, like you said tell you I don't like that or I don't they judge other people and that's not good enough but I'm like okay well what what is good enough what would bring you joy what is what would bring you happiness and so many people especially in relationships make it their partner's responsibility to make them happy like well I'm not happy rather than okay well what actually brings you happiness what makes you happy and so many people you ask that and like I don't know. And I was like, well, if you don't know what makes you happy, how do you expect someone else to do that for you? Just like making people take responsibility again back of the ownership of their feelings and their happiness and their worth, because you're not going to find that in a job or career or or another person.
0: Absolutely. Um, Now, is there anything else that you would love that our listeners kind of learn more about you today? Or is there a maybe an affirmation or a belief that you have that has really been powerful for you um, along the journey that we could share with everyone listening?
1: No, nothing really comes to mind. It's just so much of it. I think if you're somebody who feels like you're a bit stagnant or there's a bit of dead energy around you right now, or maybe you feel lost or at a crossroads, you're not sure what to do. I think my book's just a great place to start because that way you can go through it at your own pace um, there's a lot of education in there, but there's a lot of universal assignments you kind of get to to implement what's going on for you in your life at the moment to help you discover what is going to bring you joy. Um, what do you maybe need to let go of? What's been hindering you from moving forward? Um, how do you overcome self-sabotage? Because a lot of us, even once we realize what we want, we don't go after it because we're scared of failure or we're scared what other people think. So um, learning how to, just how your brain tricks you into doing that so you can catch your brain doing it and beat it at its own game because i think at the end of the day especially with what's going on in the world at the moment it's a very chaotic time if we all just take responsibility for our own feelings and our own emotions and you focus on lighting up yourself and then lighting up your house first i think collectively that's how you light up the world is you stepping into your own light you being compassionate with yourself you leading yourself before you can lead others it really
0: does start at home with you absolutely i think that's a beautiful message Um, and it does it starts with us we can't keep looking outwardly expecting someone else to to go first we need to go first but for ourselves and then that impacts the rest of our our family and, and so on. So I love that. Thank you. Uh, for those that would love to get their hands on a copy of your book, I know you're also in the process of recording it to be on Audible as well. Is that right?
1: Yeah, we just finished the recording last, oh, a couple of weeks ago. So I actually got an email this morning. Apparently it will be published internationally on audible on the 1st of july wow that's so exciting so exciting to so be able to get that um yeah anywhere on audible but if you want to buy a hard copy if you go to my website in australia you can buy it directly from my website and um, you actually will get sent a personally signed copy so dot nice. um but otherwise if you go on my website you'll also see if you're international the different distributors and bookstores you can buy from overseas as well
0: amazing that's so good I'm so proud of you and what you've created and grateful for your friendship and everything that you shared with us today thank you so much for jumping on and um, go and enjoy your beautiful puppy
1: (laughs) thanks for having me and thank you for being a beautiful mentor and a friend to me as
0: well my pleasure thanks honey Hope you enjoyed today's special interview with our guest, Lauren Kerr. So many takeaways and I really encourage you to head across to her website, lifeabovezero.com.au And complete that happiness questionnaire and find out what really gets you going because everyone's different and it's so important to figure that out for yourself so that you can really design your life that you truly desire and deserve. Until next time, we hope you have an incredible week and look forward to speaking to you on a future podcast. Have an amazing day.